0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Seven and a half hours to go before baseball's trade deadline. So the perfect time to say hello to Matt Snyder from Sports.com. Matt, it's Andrew. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but uh, excited to get going. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on the tired part. Um, can we take a post Juan Soto nap soon? Is he going to move Soon ish, and let us all relax, or is this going to go all the way to six o'clock today?
1: Yeah, no, my initial reaction was no, I don't think so. That's the short answer. Uh, I owe My guess is it's going down to the wire. And if you had to say the most likely team that he will be playing for 12 hours from now, I, I would probably say the Nationals. Um, I, I'm not saying he's not going to go, I think it's still a, a, a decent possibility. I'm just saying if you said like Rank the teams in order of the likelihood on who he w- he will be with. I think I would put Nationals one.
0: Matt, if you were sitting in the Cardinals front office, Padres, Dodgers, whomever, is there a reason not to basically write a blank check to the Nationals for Juan Soto right now?
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's complicated. It's just at some point you can give up too much, right? And I, I know for years before Mike Trout signed his extension we would play with all sorts of scenarios. I'm like, well, this team could give up this, this team could give up this. And any time you looked at specifically what it might take in terms of big league talent, you would always say, all right, well, Trout's way better, and you would give up anything you could for him, but it still seems like you're giving up too much. But then if we, if we dropped a few guys off of the trade scenario, then it would be like, well, now it seems like if you're the Angels, you shouldn't give up Trout because you're not getting enough back. Sometimes you have a player where it's just not going to make sense for either side. And it's entirely possible that that's where Soto is. I, I do think that there's even more merit to it from uh, on keeping him from the Nationals end, just because he's so young. He's only 23, and, and when you talk about oh, getting back a huge prospect package, well, man, he's 23. That's prospect age. So, like, he's he's essentially in some ways still a prospect on that front. Only you have a sure thing. Uh, and that's the biggest problem with the prospects is they're not sure thing. Well, he is, and he's the right age. So that's why I'm I'm wondering if they get to a point where Mike Rizzo is kind of like, you know what, what are we doing here? Um, and again, if you're the other teams and Rizzo says he has to be knocked over, you might get to the point where you're like, all right, at the Cardinals, we're we're a playoff contender right now. We have to give up four players from the big league roster. Are we really going to do this? You know, so I, I I just wonder if it's going to get to that point with anybody.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess maybe I've missed this, um, but has anybody actually explored whether this Nats Soto relationship is fixable? I mean, could we at some point not do him not not trade him now? Get to the winter, reassess. Maybe there's an ownership change, and he is a national for life, like we all expected. Or is it a foregone conclusion that they're going to trade him at some point?
1: I think it's always fixable. Um, you know. It seems like all along he was amenable to a a long-term deal, and you know they're going to sell the team like like you mentioned, like a lot of people are are saying they're going to. But maybe a new ownership group, maybe you get somebody like a Steve Cohen in there who says, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? I want to I want to give this guy seven hundred fifty million dollars to be a national for life. Any problems that they've had, I think, would all of a sudden fall by the wayside, and everybody would be best friends again. (laughs) So, yeah. it can always be solved with a little money, as everybody knows. Uh, so, yeah, I would say it's fixable, especially since he's under team control for another two years after this year. It's not like he's a free agent at the end of the year and we're so far down the road. Um, obviously, that's the big a big reason why it's a big deal to maybe trade him right now is because if you are going to trade him, throw in the extra two years of control, now all of a sudden he's not a rental The other team has a pretty big window to negotiate an an extension with him should they choose to do so. So, I mean, it makes sense why this is the time, but it would also make sense if the Nationals kind of backed off and said, you know what, why don't we build around this guy instead of trading him?
0: This is Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com with us here on Writer Than You. Matt, there were a lot of moves yesterday. Who had the best day in your mind?
1: Uh, it might've been the Yankees. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't, they, they were two smaller moves, I think, but the F Ross from the Cubs, uh, he's a really, really good reliever. He's kind of a sidewinder. He's going to change the eyelid. He has a funky delivery. Uh, but he, he's really good and they needed bullpen depth, which is something we didn't think they were going to need heading into the year because, but isn't Chad green and, and, or, and, uh, Michael King go down now all of a sudden bullpen's a problem, especially with, the problems the oldest Chapman has had, uh, the problems recently Clay Holmes has had, so that helped. And again, on the Montas deal, they got Trevino looped in there, so that's more bullpen depth there. Montas has the ability to be a frontline starter, so it looks like they short up their rotation and got two bullpen pieces. They did not give up any of their top prospects. They gave up a few kind of bigger names in the Montas deal, but they were able to avoid giving up their two biggest guys in Peralta and Volpe. So I think the Yankees are probably were the best yesterday. Um, But I'm looking for a lot more today and really let's give credit to the Padres on the Josh Hader deal. He's been in a bad way his last six outings or so, but they went out and they got somebody who's capable of being the best closer in baseball while they were trying to get Juan Soto, right. and also kind of looking at backup options to Soto like Wilson Contreras.
0: And, and how do they keep doing this, Matt? Because I mean, it feels like they're, almost their entire roster, is guys, especially pitching-wise, are guys they've traded for. They get hater yesterday, and they still have the, the bullets, we believe, to get Soto. How do they have infinity prospects and infinity resources to keep making all of these moves?
1: Well, when, when Treller first took over... Remember, he completely went for it all at once. He traded for, like, Craig Kimbrell and Matt Kemp. And uh, Yasmani Grandel actually went back to the Dodgers. But uh, I think Justin Upton, uh, and it, nothing worked out at all. And then they pulled the plug and they just traded everybody. Ever since then, he'd been brilliant at building up the farm it's through draft picks, through trades, and everything. And it got to the point where, uh, after Tatis came up, It was like, all right, we're ready to win at the big league level. So either the prospects are ready to help us now or on the field or they're going to help us now in a trade with somebody that can help us on the field. And he's really, really aggressive. He misses sometimes. He trades too much sometimes in a lot of people's opinions. But he goes out and he makes deals. And uh, I think that's why, it's, from my perspective, he's probably the most fun general manager slash club president just because he's completely fearless and totally aggressive. And you love to see moves. You never see anything like the report uh, today on the, the Cardinals. They're reluctant to include Dylan Carlson in a move. You would never see that with A.J. Preller's team. He would never see <laughs> somebody like Dylan. What? I'm not reluctant to include him. Are you kidding? I'll, I'll include anybody if I get Juan Soto. So, yeah, that's, he, he's uh, he's an interesting cat. He's really aggressive.
0: All right. We began with Soto. Let me end with Otani. Are we getting a Shohei trade this winter? No. Oh, this
1: winter. This winter, uh, yeah. I still—that's probably still the right reaction. I think they're going to give it another go in hope that uh, Trout and Rendon can stay healthy all year, give Maniasan another off season to try to, you know, put together a pitching staff. When you have a super duper star like Otani, along with Trout, who still is, and, and Rendon, if he could ever stay healthy, remember him in 2019 for the Nationals. He's still in his prime years when you have three players like that, you shouldn't really be uh, waving the white flag or anything like that. So if they weren't going to trade him now, I I think that they'll go in next year with him as well. Now, if they fall out of contention before the trade deadline next year, they might as well see what's out there. But Artie Moreno is kind of a a meddlesome owner and man, Otani's a big draw for them. Attendance wise. They have so many people who go just to see Otani play. And I don't know if Marino would allow that. Even if they say this makes good baseball sense for the next four or five years, I, I, he, he's, he's awfully short-sighted. He has been so short-sighted in the past. I wonder if he'll say, this ain't happening. We're keeping this guy. But, uh, yeah, heading into next year, I think they'll have him still.
0: So. Matt, as always, thanks for the info. We appreciate it. And get some rest later in the week, okay? All right, right, will do. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.